Okay, you lovely people. Let's get cracking. We're carrying on a series that we've been looking at the last couple of weeks, Matters of the Heart. And today I want to talk about one of them, what I think is one of the most wonderful words in the scriptures. And it's a word that as followers of Jesus, as the church, I think we need to reclaim. We need to make it part of our vocabulary and our practice on a daily basis. And that word is kindness. Kindness. We're carrying on our series. Um, uh, we've been looking at the heart. Do you remember a couple of weeks ago we were quoting from Samuel where it says, the Lord doesn't look at the things that we look at. People look at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. And when we're talking about the heart, what we mean, what we're referring to is, or what we understand the scriptures are referring to when they're talking about the heart is, um, it's difficult to describe, but it's kind of like the real you, the real me, uh, the, the, the you and the me sort of below the surface, uh, beyond uh, appearances. And uh, one of the things the, one, the Spirit of God is wanting to do, he's wanting to enlarge our hearts, he's, uh, he's wanting to soften our hearts, he's wanting us to be a people who are men and women uh, after God's own heart. And part of that, I felt like the Lord is speaking to us uh, this week, is that he's um, wanting to grow in us um, kind hearts, kind-heartedness. So if you've got a Bible, let's have a look at 2 Samuel chapter 9. We'll be a bit in 2 Samuel chapter 9, we might be a bit in 2 Samuel chapter 1. Um, this is the story of David and Mephibosheth. If I say that right every time I say it, that would be a miracle. This is 2 Samuel chapter 9, verse 1. David asked, Is there anyone still left of the house of Saul to whom I can show kindness for Jonathan's sake? Now there was a servant of Saul's household named Ziba. They summoned him to appear before David, and the king said to him, Are you Ziba? At your service, he replied. The king asked, is there no one still alive from the house of Saul to whom I can show God's kindness? Ziba answered the king, there is still a son of Jonathan. He is lame in both feet. Where is he? The king asked. Ziba answered, he is at the house of Marchir, son of Amiel in Lodabar. So King David had him brought from Lodabar, from the house of Machir, son of Amiel. When Mephibosheth, son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, came to David, he bowed down to pay him honor. David said, Mephibosheth, at your service, he replied, don't be afraid, David said to him, for I will surely show you kindness for the sake of your father, Jonathan. I will restore to you all the land that belonged to your grandfather, Saul, and you will always eat at my table. Mephibosheth bowed down and said, what is your servant that you should notice a dead dog like me? Then the king summoned Ziba, Saul's steward, and said to him, I have given your master's grandson everything that belonged to Saul and his family. You and your sons and your servants are to farm the land for him and bring in the crops so that your master's grandson may be provided for. And Mephibosheth, grandson of your master, will always eat at my table. Now Ziba had 15 sons and 20 servants. Then Ziba said to the king, Your servant will do whatever my lord the king commands his servant to do. So Mephibosheth ate at David's table like one of the king's sons. 
Mephibosheth had a young son named Micah, and all the members of Ziba's household were servants of Mephibosheth. And Mephibosheth lived in Jerusalem because he always ate at the king's table. He was lame in both feet. And this word kindness, you see it's, it's there, I think, in 2 Samuel chapter 9, it's, um, I think, three times. It's, noto- it's a notoriously difficult word to translate. Um, the Old Testament Hebrew word is actually this word hesed. And uh, biblical scholars, they're all in dispute, as they always are, about all these sorts of things. They basically say that we can't sort of find just one word in English which sort of encapsulates everything that this word hesed Means And so if you look at translations of the Bible, like the New English Bible, it uses um, 33 different English words whenever the word hesed uh, crops up. The King James Version, it uses um, words like loving kindness and um, mercies. Uh, the NIV translation, it tends to use sort of um, variations on the word love when it's translating the word hesed. And so in the NIV, we, you'd, we, we come across phrases like, unfailing love, or great love, or wonderful love, or faithful love. And uh, the NIV actually uses uh, 25 different variations of, of, of words for translating this one word, uh, hesed, which we come across in the Old Testament. And, and in, in essence, it sort of seems to capture, the meaning of it really sort of is, is trying to capture something that's, that's love on, on, on the one hand, and, and commitment on the other. And so this idea, this hesed, is, is sort of a committed love. It's like a loyal um, love. It's a, it's a love that's more than a feeling. Uh, it's a love that's strengthened by loyalty. It's a love that's strengthened by a covenant. And it's a love that's strengthened by a commitment. And hesed is really this idea of love and kindness as, as, a, commi- as a commitment. It's this commitment to kindness, regardless of, um, of, of who it's towards, and importantly, regardless of how we kind of feel about it. And so this word hesed, which keeps cropping up all over the place, this, this kindness, this commitment, why, 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 why might that be important to us as followers of Jesus? And I think one of the reasons that's incredibly important for us as followers of Jesus, because I think it's a reflection of what God is like. It's, an, it's a reflection of who God is. And Hesed, this, this, this kindness, this commitment, is, is, is one of the qualities that's most often used throughout the Old Testament to describe what God is like. There's no other phrase used throughout the Old Testament um, more than this word Hesed, this description of loving kindness, of, of mercy, of unfailing love, of steadfast love used to describe God. And, and you know, when, um, when the Lord himself wanted to uh, reveal to the children of Israel what he was like, um, he, he spoke to Moses and he said, okay, Moses, this is basically what you're going to do. You're going to go out and say to these people, this is what I am like. This is who I am. He, he says in Exodus 34, the Lord passed in front of Moses, proclaiming the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. And that word love there in, in that verse from Exodus is hesed. It's what God is saying to Moses is, Moses, go and tell the people, for goodness sake, go and tell the people that I am committed to being kind. 
That's who I am. So how does this passage that we've looked at, we've got about five minutes to look at uh, this morning. Um, uh, Anyway, it's okay. I haven't spent long on this. I mean, I just, this is just a thought that's just come to me, like in a moment. I haven't been reading, I haven't been preparing, I, I haven't been praying. I just like turn up, so I'm not bitter. <laughs> there's plenty of time, there's plenty of time. You don't want lunch. Um, how, does this, how does this help us, you know, um, in terms of growing and, and having hearts formed in us that are, that are kind? And the first thing I think is, is, is who is it that um, David shows kindness to? Who, who is he kind to? Have a look at verse 1. David asked, is there anyone still left at the house of Saul to whom I can show kindness for Jonathan's sake? And you've got to remember, the, when you see that, you've got to remember the relationship that Saul had with David. Saul did not like David very much at all. Um, understatement. He's like constantly trying to kill him. And at least there's two occasions where David has the opportunity to sort of kill Saul, but chooses um, not to do that. Chooses not to end the life of this guy who's literally hounding him down and chasing him and making his life incredibly miserable. And David demonstrates this, um, this commitment to kindness even to his enemies, even to those who are out to get him. But what does kindness to our enemies look like? What is that kindness to people who sort of are out to get us? What does that look like? Well, certainly a part of it, I think, involves a refusal to get even with the person that we feel has hurt us. There's a decision, a choice that we make that we're just not going to even bother to try and get even. A key part of this commitment to kindness the Lord is wanting to grow in our hearts involves us rejecting to pursue any path of revenge. David has this and demonstrates this, this, this commitment to kindness, even with respect to his enemies. And not only is this commitment to kindness expressed through his sort of refusal to get even, um, David's commitment to kindness is even demonstrated in his reaction to the news of his, his enemy's death. So if you go and have a look at one, um, 2 Samuel chapter 1, you see this whole encounter, this experience, and how David reacts to Saul's death. But rather than rejoicing in the news of Saul's death, David actually kind of has the opposite reaction. In, in 2 Samuel chapter 1, verse 11, it says, Then David and all the men who took with him took hold of their clothes and tore them. This is at the news that Saul, who's been literally trying to get David for years, has died. He says, you know, they all tore and rent their clothes. They mourned and wept and fasted till evening for Saul and his son Jonathan. Father and son Saul and Jonathan fell at the same battle. Um, and for the army of the Lord and the house of Israel because they had fallen by the sword. And this is kind of like one of those litmus tests of how we know whether the Lord is growing in us this heart of kindness. This heart of kindness is being cultivated in us because it's... Um, uh, how are we responding or how do we react when we hear um, bad news about the people we don't really like? People who've offended us or people who've upset us, people who've hurt us, people who've intentionally or unintentionally inflicted some kind of pain on us. How do we respond? How do we react 
when we hear something bad has happened to them? Is there a secret sign of like, yes, justice, that's good. Because that's not, that's not the kind of heart of kindness that the Lord is wanting in us. Because as we experience and encounter God's kindness to us, we really can't help but demonstrate that same kind-heartedness towards others, even those we consider are set against us. It's not really an option. It's not really a choice for us. So this heart of kindness is not only shown to enemies. Um, this heart of kindness is shown to people who fall. So um, again, back in chapter 1, verses um, 17 and 18, uh, it says David took up this lament concerning Saul and, and his son Jonathan, and he ordered all the people, uh, that the people of Judah be taught this lament of the boat. So he's, after he's heard that Saul has died, he not only is just kind of moving on, he's actually like, we need to mark this occasion. We need to, um, we need to sit with this. This is, this is not a good thing that's happened. And so David orders the people of, of Judah to lament the deaths of Saul and Jonathan, in verse 24 of chapter 1, he calls, the women, um, he calls upon the women to weep for Saul. He says, daughters of Israel, weep for Saul. Remember, this is David's sort of arch enemy. Saul was hell-bent on David's destruction, and yet he says, daughters of Israel, weep for Saul. He who clothed you in scarlet and finery, who adorned your garments with ornaments, uh, with ornaments of gold. And you can see this real... Um, tender-heartedness, this kindness that David has. It's uh, what we see reflected in um, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, that famous chapter on love, where it says, love does not rejoice in iniquity. And um, a kind person takes no pleasure in, in, in discovering or finding out about the failing or the falling of somebody else. Saul has fallen by the sword, and David is taking no delight in that whatsoever. And, and that heart, whereby the heart doesn't rejoice when we see somebody else fall or we see somebody else fail, is reflected of the heart of God. In Ezekiel chapter 18, it says this. It says, do I take, this is the Lord, do I take pleasure in the death of the wicked, declares the sovereign Lord. Rather, am I not pleased when they turn from their ways and live? The Lord doesn't take pleasure when people fall, when people fail. Or when the Lord sees people sort of on that kind of self-destruct path. And this heart of kindness towards people who fall, people who fail, is most fully expressed, obviously, through Jesus Christ. In in Luke chapter 19, Jesus is approaching Jerusalem, and as he sees, as he approaches the city, he weeps over it. And he says, if you, even you, had only known on this day, what would bring you peace? He knew that he was going to get rejected. He knew that they were on this pathway to self-destruction. And it brings him so much grief. And so what we're seeing here is we see like how different the heart of, of kindness that David has, how different the heart of kindness that the, the Father has, how different the heart of kindness that Jesus has to the strange pleasure that our culture and our society seems to take in the humiliation and failure of people, particularly those in the public eye. David says in uh, 2 Samuel 1.20, he says, tell it not in Gath, proclaim it not in the streets of Ashkelon, lest the daughters of the Philistines be glad, lest the 
the daughters of the uncircumcised rejoice. He's saying, don't even talk about what's happened to Saul. You know, don't, don't splash Saul's failure. Don't splash his, the fact that he's fallen all over the news. Don't, like, don't make a quick buck out of it. Don't exploit what's happened to him. Don't even talk about it. And, and you, you look at David and the way that he talks about Saul is, is it's like he doesn't even mention all the stuff that's gone on. He, he, all he does as part of his heart of kindness is he has this commitment to speaking well of Saul. He's committed to thinking the best of him and speaking well of him. In, um, in chapter 1, verse 23, it says, uh, Saul and Jonathan, in life they were loved and admired, and in death they were not parted. They were swifter than eagles. They were, they were stronger than lions. And you're reading this, and you're like, uh, hold on a second, like, Jonathan, yeah, I mean, we know that David and Jonathan were mates and stuff like that, so you can get that, we understand that, they were close friends, but Saul, Saul, mm, Saul is Saul, Saul was crazy, like, he was a little bit crazy, he was a crazy chap, he, he, he was a bit of a, 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 he was a bit of a nightmare, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, he was, he was this sort of, sh- sort of empty shell, he, he was not a good leader, he, you know, he consults a witch, he's got demons flying all over the place, and you're, you're reading what David is saying, and David is saying, you're like, David, what's the matter with you? You know, Saul was loved. Saul was feared, maybe. People were terrified of him, but, like, what's going on? David, why are you describing Saul in this way? And it's because of his heart of kindness. A kind heart practices forgiveness regarding people's sins and people's failures. And the Bible does that all the way throughout. I mean, it's, it's fantastic. It's, it, it, it practices this forgetfulness regarding people's sins and their, their shortcomings. You know, you read about, um, the New, in the New Testament, you read about Lot. And, you know, Lot is described in the New Testament as righteous Lot. You're a bit like, what? Hold on. Like, and you kind of turn back and you're like, I don't know how righteous this chap really was. I mean, he was living in Sodom, for goodness sake. You know, like, how righteous really was he? But he's described as righteous lot. Um, Paul talks about Abraham in Romans, and he says, you know, yet Abraham did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God. You're like, uh, hold, hold on. Like, have you actually read the story? Like, didn't waver? You know, I think going off and sleeping with another woman so that you could hurry up the promise of God and she could get pregnant so the, the promise of God would happen quicker kind of maybe constitutes a bit of a waiver in, in, in my house, at least. And, um, you know, you, you look at that and you're like, and what's going on here? This is a little bit strange. And what's going on is that the Holy Spirit, who has inspired Scripture, is demonstrating through the Scriptures God's heart of kind forgetfulness to us regarding our failures and our shortcomings. God is kind and gracious and forgetful. It says in Isaiah 43, I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake and remembers your sins no more. God removes these things from the record. He remembers them no more. This is what God does with our sin and our failure and our fallings and our shortcomings. When we uh, come to faith in Jesus Christ, when we 
fall at the foot of the cross and offer our lives to Jesus Christ. God removes all of that record from our files, from the files. It's just, it's just deleted. You know, he, he doesn't just sort of keep it there and keep adding, you know, to the long list of sins that we keep committing, even as Christians. And, and not only does he blot out our sins, he remembers them no more. We remember them. He remembers them no more. God is kind-hearted towards those who fall, towards those who fail, to those who don't quite make the mark. And as we ourselves have received this grace, we in turn must be demonstrating that to others. David was able to be forgetful of Saul's sin. David so models this heart of kindness that he is absolutely sincere when he says, Saul, in life, he was loved and admired. The last thing we see in David is not only this heart of kindness towards his enemies, not only this heart of kindness towards those who sort of fail or fall, don't quite make it, um, there's this incredible heart of kindness towards um, the unseen. And I'm not going to read it again, but go back to 2 Samuel chapter 9, and you see this whole story of this account uh, of Mephibosheth. And uh, three times in seven verses, we come across this word hesed again, this loving kindness, this, this commitment to kindness. And again, the principle here is that this, the, the heart of kindness that God is growing in us by his Holy Spirit is especially required of us towards those who may be unseen. Those who may be on the edges or on the fringes or may not seem very important. Um, David doesn't treat this young crippled man as a non-entity. Um, David doesn't treat him the way that those around him might. Do you see how David calls him by name? Do you see that? Like the first thing that David says to him is Mephibosheth. He, he sees who he is. He calls him by name. And seven times in this chapter, you, for people like me, unfortunately, you've got the word Mephibosheth. But it's like, it's important. Because being lame in that day and age meant that you were really, really unseen. There was no hope for you. You were hopeless. You would be nameless. You would have been cut off and cut out from society. And yet in this chapter, his name just keeps coming up and again and again, Mephibosheth, Mephibosheth, Mephibosheth. Seen, known, recognized, named by the king. And what the Holy Spirit is communicating us through the scriptures is that this person that society may have um, overlooked is not overlooked by his heavenly father. He has a name. He is a person. He is important and precious and treasured in God's sight. And his name isn't crippled. His name isn't disabled. His name isn't handicapped. His name is Mephibosheth. And the Lord sees him, and the Lord knows him, and the Lord loves him. And there's a challenge for us as we're asking the Spirit of God to grow in us hearts of kindness is um, do we take the time to learn the names of the unseen? Do we take time to see the unseen and then ask them their names and recognize their true identity as sons and daughters of the living God and then call out that true identity 
rather than just the things that society or culture or prejudice or whatever it may be says about who they are. Because that's the heart of kindness. So my question again this morning is, how are we doing with our hearts? How are our hearts this morning? How are our hearts towards um, those we consider our enemies? Those people who may have um, turned against us, those people who may have challenged us, those people who may be literally making our lives a bit of a living nightmare. People that we're really, really struggling with. How are our hearts towards those people? How are our hearts towards the people around us who've fallen short of our expectations? People who've um, not quite behaved in a way that we would have expected them to behave. They've, they've failed us. Maybe they've failed themselves. Maybe they've fallen short of something that we have put upon them. And so we kind of want to, everything in us is just like, well, I just want to cut those people out or move on from those people. What's the, what's the Father saying to us about how we should be approaching those people? And then finally, how are our hearts towards the unseen? How open are the eyes of our hearts to uh, those who are on the edges, those who are on the fringes? Because you can almost guarantee that uh, you're going to find um, there's going to be plenty of opportunity to grow in this. The Lord is very, very kind. He gives us plenty of occasion to see how our hearts are doing in this, if only we want to pay attention. Even just this week, the Lord uh, has been testing my heart on this one um, by asking, how are you going to respond? He doesn't kind of tell me how to respond. He just says, ah, how are you doing there? Like, not very well. And um, it's not easy, uh, especially for me. Um, but this is what kindness looks like. This is what we've been called to be as individuals and as a church. This is to be part of the hallmark and what characterizes us as a kingdom people. Are we finding ways? Are we going out of our way to find ways to demonstrate random acts of kindness? David goes out of his way to find Mephibosheth. It's like, is there anyone left of the house of Saul that I can show kindness to? We need to be asking ourselves that question. It's like, is there anyone around that I can just show kindness to? And see who the Lord puts our way. And we may discover that the Lord actually invites us to show kindness to um, those people that we know don't actually like us very much. Or the people that we know are actually kind of seemingly hell-bent on our destruction or making our lives miserable or making our lives difficult. The Lord will um, give us an opportunity to demonstrate kindness to um, those who have fallen short of our expectations, those who failed us, those who have let us down. Uh, the Lord will give us an opportunity to show kindness to the unseen or the invisible. And maybe one of the reasons that they're invisible or unseen is because we don't really want to see them. The Lord will allow us to see them so that we can be kind to them. So this week, I would anticipate, as the Lord has done for me this week, in his kindness, I'm just sharing the kindness around, the Lord has given me plenty of opportunity this week to be stretched in this as I've been preparing for this sermon. And now it is my gift to you uh, that you... Go and enjoy that this week 
and see what the Lord uh, would do with you. We're seeking to become more like Jesus. And this is a key area of growth for us as we, are, as we seek him, as we ask him, as we invite his spirit to come and transform us with ever-increasing glory into the image of Jesus to give us a kind heart, for us to be a kind-hearted people as we look for opportunities to be kind-hearted. Why don't you stand and we will minister to one another.